Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Uh, the next speaker is uh, Kim Graham Chandani. Uh, she's going to sp- uh, speak on long-term care planning. They are from West- Webster Investments. Um, she, uh, Kim is Senior Vice President, Financial Consultant, Webster Investment. Kim provides holistic wealth management services that address a full spectrum of her clients' financial concerns, including investments, life insurance, family finances, retirement and estate planning. She has 13 years of experience in investment services and is a chartered financial consultant. She's also joined by David Foley, um, who is going to make the presentation after her introduction. He is the National Director of Long-Term Care and Linked Benefits at the SBD, which is an insurance brokerage partner to Webster Investment. Okay. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Well, yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Kim Ramchandani from Webster Investments. I'm excited to have you with us today for this virtual presentation. Among various investment options we offer at Webster, uh, long-term care is one of the most important investment one should consider. I want to introduce our partner, David Foley, who will be giving today's presentation. David, please take it over. Kim, thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Abraham, thank you also uh, for allowing me to speak tonight in in the Gopio organization. I really appreciate uh, uh, this opportunity. Um, Yeah, we want to talk about uh, planning for long-term care. That's really the objective tonight. And I also want to mix in some uh, information with regard to some tax incentives that are available uh, in the process of planning for long-term care. Um, I do want to make sure also that you make sure that you capture Kim's contact information. Uh, So take a picture of that or make sure to write that down uh, because as you may have interest in receiving some proposals uh, for long-term care, you're going to want to be going to Kim uh, to acquire that information. And in addition, because I'm going to be giving an appended presentation tonight, a very short presentation, uh, we do have a recorded version which you can acquire from her uh, by sending her an email. Uh, So that's why having that contact info Uh, is so incredibly important. So, um, you know, long-term care really is uh, a major discussion these days because we've got about a third of our society at this point in time that's either at or just uh, into their retirement years. And they're realizing that the one thing that could blow a perfectly crafted retirement plan is a bill that's showing up in the mail for 70 or 80 or $90,000 for care that needs to be uh, rendered uh, to an individual that uh, is, is having difficulties with their activities of daily living, the things that they were taking for granted for the most of their life, but now in their later years, they're needing some help. So um, planning uh, for long-term care in a retirement plan is incredibly important, and that's what we want to talk about uh, throughout the remainder of our presentation. I want to share with you some tax incentives, though, right out, out of the gate, Uh, so that you're aware of those uh, that are available currently. Uh, Many are actually not aware that an HSA can be used to reimburse yourself for premiums that you would pay on long-term care insurance. So there is a limit as to how much you can use from your HSA to reimburse uh, for those premiums paid. 
And for instance, if you happen to be between the ages of 51 and 60, that number is $1,630 a year that you could uh, take from your uh, HSA uh, to reimburse you for those. If you're between 61 and 70, that number jumps to $4,350. So uh, HSA dollars can uh, do more than perhaps maybe what you had thought uh, they might be able to do. North of 71, uh, that number turns into $5,430. Those numbers are what's known of as the age-related caps that the IRS sets out. Um, and, and they also coincide to uh, business owners that are paying premiums on uh, long-term care. Now, this is important to know. If, you, if you're a business owner, uh, non-C corporation, uh, you also are able to expense, as a medical expense, um, uh, up to those limits that I mentioned earlier uh, to pay for long-term care insurance on yourself as the business owner. If you happen to purchase long-term care on your employees, that's going to be totally deductible as a medical expense. But if you're the business owner of a non-C corporation, you're limited to uh, those numbers that I mentioned previous. However, for C corporations, if you're a C corporation, uh, there's an unlimited ability to expense, uh, a medical expense, uh, for not only the employees, but also uh, the owners of a C corporation. So that is critical to be aware of. Um, and I would also tell you that if you uh, make a single premium payment, there are products out there that allow you to make a single premium payment uh, for your long-term care. If you're a business owner of a C corporation and you've got retained earnings, you could make a 50 or 60 or $70,000 single premium payment and be done paying for your long-term care. And as long as the business paid for it, um, that's gonna be uh, considered a, a medical expense. So those are critical things that I think uh, you should all be aware of. Uh, now let's move on with the remainder of the presentation. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. So where do I fit in? Uh, I work with Kim and Webster Investments uh, as a brokerage insurance agency. So bottom line is what you're going to get through working with Kim is you're going to get choice from multiple insurance companies. That's our role as a brokerage life annuity and long-term care uh, organization is we provide choice in uh, the, the products that the, the clients are purchasing uh, through Webster Investments and Kim. So let's briefly talk about what is long-term care. It's really referred to as extended care or custodial care. It's about the care provided for the things that we were taking for granted, our activities of daily living, uh, or uh, it's uh, for a cognitive impairment like Alzheimer's disease. Now, long-term care is not necessarily always rendered in a nursing home situation. It used to be that if you knew someone that uh, needed long-term care, and they had an insurance policy to pay for it, it used to be that those only provided for care in a nursing home. That's not the case these days. And in fact, all the policies that are currently be being issued these days provide that you can receive your care in your home. And that's frankly where most people are gonna wanna be receiving their care, especially uh, knowing what we know now about uh, the COVID situation and uh, nursing home or assisted living facilities. So it's the care that provides the ability to live out the last phase of our lives as comfortably uh, and with as much dignity as possible. 
So let's talk about what are the actual activities of daily living that trigger benefits to be able to, to come from a qualified long-term care plan. Uh, these are the uh, activities, there's six of them. And if you can't do two of these six, you qualify to tap the benefits from your long-term care plan. Usually what we find in terms of where claims begin is people have difficulty with bathing or with getting dressed. Those are the most common. And usually the last thing to go for people is use, losing the ability to uh, feed themselves. So it's kind of like in the exact opposite order of when we came into this world. Uh, the first thing we knew how to do when we came into this world was eat. And usually the last thing we knew how to do was dress. But in our later years, it actually flips and becomes uh, the opposite. Now, there's another thing that allows you to trigger benefits from your long-term care plan, and that is a cognitive impairment like Alzheimer's. Um, Alzheimer's is something that uh, the insurance carriers uh, selling coverage uh, recognize will more than likely end up in a very significant period of time for a claim. And so if you've got a cognitive impairment in your lineage, it's important to be looking at programs or plans that perhaps could provide lifetime or unlimited benefits uh, in the plan. Now, it's great to know that the majority, uh, actually 51% of people uh, are receiving uh, uh, benefits uh, for uh, care received at home these days. So long-term care, again, is not necessarily about uh, receiving care in a nursing facility. Most people, at least the claims that insurance companies are experiencing today, uh, it's for care in their own home. So let's talk about misconceptions around long-term care. Most people think, well, it's never going to happen to me. But the truth of the matter is, if you reach age 65, you've got about a 70% chance of needing at least some form of care in your lifetime. The only question is how much time uh, are you going to need care and how much might, might that actually cost? So uh, it's very important to realize that this is a major risk and in the retirement planning process, it's uh, certainly a very important one to be planning for. Next up, another misconception is that Medicare and Medicaid will cover uh, the cost of long-term care. And most people actually believe that that's true but the real deal is uh, Medicare will only pay for potentially up to 100 days of care with only 20 of those days uh, paid for at 100%. Beyond day 20 through uh, day 100, uh, there is a, de a deductible that needs to be paid and that uh, currently in this particular year is 170 odd dollars uh, is the deductible. So Medicare is not gonna do the job of taking care of uh, custodial care or care around those uh, activities of daily living uh, that people need help with. Medicaid is a welfare benefit program that only provides care uh, services if you qualify financially. And in order to qualify for Medicaid, it's a welfare benefit program. You're going to have to spend on your assets to the point to be able to qualify. And for single people, uh, that asset limit in most states is somewhere in the vicinity of a couple thousand dollars. So if you spent your lifetime accumulating wealth, the last thing that you more than likely want to see happen is uh, seeing all that wealth go to pay for your care, uh, ultimately to qualify for Medicaid. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. 
Misconception number three is, uh, you know, that's what my savings are for. But, you know, with these numbers of average cost of care, you can imagine that, uh, you know, savings could run out relatively quickly. And I would tell you that if uh, you wanted more information on your own local area, you can go to this genworth.com forward slash cost of care website and actually look at the cost of care in uh, your immediate location. It's a great resource, highly recommend uh, that you take a look at it. Number four, and lastly, my family will take care of me. And uh, I can tell you that uh, the person that's in the family that ends up rendering the care uh, usually uh, has a very difficult uh, uh, time with, with doing so. In fact, the emotional challenges uh, associated with it, the physical challenges of trying to move someone who is a fully grown person, it's extremely difficult. And not to mention, uh, there's also a dynamic within the family that, you know, the individual that's closest to the person needing care usually ends up providing that care and resenting the other siblings in the family that, um, you know, are not uh, close enough or, or able to take care. So um, it's incredibly important that uh, this planning is done for the sake of the family. So long-term care is either paid for through lifestyle and the cost is the potential loss of health or well-being or earning ability of a spouse or other loved one who's having to take time to uh, provide the care. Another way to pay for it is just through dollar for dollar expenditure of your money. And lastly, uh, as was mentioned earlier, uh, through uh, insurance or transferring uh, that risk to an insurance company. So here's the spectrum of solutions that are available out there. And, you know, if you've not made a plan for long-term care, your default plan is to self-fund or use dollars that you've set aside to pay for, for your care. On the other side of the spectrum is traditional long-term care insurance. And you may have heard of traditional long-term care as being a use it or lose it type of proposition. Uh, because if you never uh, receive the benefits, you never get anything back for the premiums that you paid. It's kind of like car insurance. If you never have an accident and you've been paying premiums over the course of your life, um, you, you, you're not going to get anything back uh, from your car insurance. And traditional long-term care works the same way. However, it is one of the easiest ways and best ways uh, to get the most uh, per dollar spent in premium in benefits. So, a great way to buy a lot of benefits. Now, the hybrid solutions that you see in the middle are really something that bring a trifecta of value because they provide benefits in the event that you need care. Uh, they provide a death benefit of usually more than what you paid into the contract uh, when you die. Uh, and if you decide to change your mind and walk away from the, from the uh, insurance policy, you have the ability to receive all or the majority of your money back. And that's why these types of policies, these hybrid long-term care plans have become so popular in recent past. So what are your self-fund go-tos in terms of the assets that you might consider using to pay for long-term care? You know, everybody is self-funding if they haven't made a plan. And uh, the beauty is that there are assets that can be utilized uh, to reposition, say, from pocket A to pocket B and magnify their value for care. So in this instance, we consider using all or a portion of an IRA that's not needed, and that's critical, not needed for retirement income purposes, uh, 
and repositioning it to magnify its value to pay for care on an income tax-free basis. Another solution is to use lazy money, like money in a fixed rate account that's not earning much in terms of an interest rate. Uh, this money can be repositioned and magnified um, for the purpose of providing care. Again, if you chose to do nothing, if you didn't choose to use a hybrid plan, this asset really is still at risk of being spent on long-term care. So if there's an ability for you to retain at least all or a large majority of the assets principal and yet magnify it by two or three or four times, that would be a much wiser way to self-fund. And that's really what hybrid solutions are all about. So here's a case uh, example. Uh, Anne's 65 years old. She's planning for a retirement. And she wants to be at an assisted living facility uh, nearby. She's blessed with a family history of long life and does not have a family history of cognitive impairment. She would not like to have to source her own care or manage the bills that go along with receiving it. She would prefer that her children or friends manage her care and not render it to her. So that's critical. She has $100,000 that she considers her emergency money, i.e. not planned for income and retirement uh, that she would like to reposition to a solution. And she would not want to worry about a deductible in her plan uh, at the time she needs care. So her best solution for her $100,000 that she has in this emergency money can provide her with nearly $60,000 a year for six years, which is a total pool of nearly $354,000. If she passes away without ever needing the care, $127,000 is gonna pass on income tax-free to her beneficiary. And if she decides to change her mind with this plan, a return of premium option is available that in this particular case would return $70,000 if she changed her mind. So let's look at um, the due diligence associated with multiple insurance companies in terms of the benefits that will be provided uh, from these companies. Now, it may look on first glance that the comp company on the uh, left side, company one, would be the best benefit because for her $100,000 premium, she receives a annual uh, um, monthly or annual benefit of $65,000. And her death benefit is just north of about $125,000. But remember, she said that she didn't want to have a deductible or an elimination period uh, when she needed to receive care. Well, in this particular case, you'll notice that the elimination period is three months for home health care and for facility care. Yet, Company two right next door provides $58,000 of annual benefit, uh, but has no elimination period. So as soon as she can't do two of the six activities of daily living uh, or has a cognitive impairment, those benefits are triggered and available uh, to her uh, to pay for care. So in conclusion, everybody needs a plan uh, before care is needed. You can't buy a parachute after you already jumped out of the plane. Uh, solutions can be uh, more of a repositioning of assets uh, than an expense. And uh, that's exactly what's uh, available through a hybrid solution. So we can provide uh, through Kim a uh, choice from multiple insurance companies, and uh, you can get expert guidance on the best solution with the right underwriting process for you. Uh, so again, an early start, the younger you are, uh, the more cost effective 
that these plans can be. So with that being said, uh, I'm wrapped up and uh, again, appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to present. And we'll go ahead and take any questions if there are any. My daughter just walked in and she asked a question, can she take care of the long-term plan for her parents? Can, can she take out uh, long-term care insurance for no. her parents? Can, yes. Can she take care of the long-term care for her parents? Prasad, is it you're talking about a, uh, buying a policy for the parents? Yes, exactly. So absolutely. She could, she could be the premium payer on the policy for her parents without question. Um, that's, that's not a problem at all. That's good. So for the people who don't have a long-term care, please contact uh, uh, Kim and David. And also, what does I see that like Kim and David are from Webster. Is it like, can we have to go through a bank or we can go through any other uh, uh, care provider, an insurance provider? Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yeah, so um, we work with Webster Bank and thus we work through Kim. Uh, so Kim would be the planner that would be able to uh, create uh, through us the proposals uh, for uh, long-term care solutions. So if you're interested in getting a proposal, you definitely want to reach out to Kim uh, to get that. That's correct. You can email me or call me and we can generate a proposal for you. You don't have to go through a bank if that's what you're asking. Any insurance agent could do that for you. However, Webster actually does all the research and goes through different companies and gets you the, uh, the best company with the, you know, the smallest premium. Okay, that is good. That's what we want to know. And also, there are so many people who are youngsters here in in. Uh, in our uh, participants. So yeah. how, do, how do those youngsters know what kind of a long-term care they have to take? Can you say something about it? Like and how they should get prepared for it? Well, it's never too early or late to get life insurance. So we definitely can go over a few options with that individual because not all program fits everyone. So depending on what their objective is for their life insurance or long-term care, we'll go about it. So they can connect with me one-on-one -on -one and we can do a, you know, a, um, a suitable um, illustration for them. Yeah, That's I would good. just say I'm, I'm 49 years old. Myself and my wife, we both have a plan already uh, put in place. It is a hybrid plan uh, because we like the idea of knowing that we're going to win any way you slice it. Um, but generally speaking, folks between the ages of 50 and 70 are the best candidates because usually they're able to qualify uh, from a health perspective. People over the age of 70 still have some options, but they do become more limited uh, north of 70. And beyond age 80, there just really aren't uh, any options available. That's and also, That's I'd like to add... I'd like to add, the younger you are, um, the more cheaper the insurance will be. And if you get a hybrid long-term life insurance with the long-term care in it, if you do not end up using the long-term care, you have it as a life insurance for your, you know, loved ones. Excellent. Yeah, that, that's uh, all. Did you see a question I, I, from Ashwini Prasad? Sorry, Thomas? There is a question from Ashwini Prasad. Regarding the uh, 
No, I think like and Kim already answered that question. No, but I, I want to re rephrase one more thing. How is this COVID-19 is going to impact on the long-term care? Uh, so that question just came up yesterday on a call I was on. There, if you've had COVID, there's going to be a six-month postpone uh, for most companies. But other than that, not a problem. Okay, that's good. And so there are no disqualifications or anything for COVID-19. That's what I guess, right? No, it's it's just a postpone. The, the carrier won't take you within six months of having COVID. But beyond that, it's not going to be a problem. Okay. So is this to be like in a kind of a life insurance policy or is it a different long-term care insurance policy? Yeah. So what it is, is a life insurance policy with a rider attached to it that provides tax-free uh, long-term care benefits. And it's called a hybrid plan. That's, that's what they call them uh, in the marketplace, hybrid long-term care. If suppose somebody already have a life insurance, then how does the, they get into this long-term care? How do you attach it? Well, if you already have a, a life insurance policy, um, those may or may not already have some uh, benefits available, uh, but more than likely, uh, they're not going to have as robust of long-term care benefits as what a hybrid life, life long-term care plan would have. Okay, that's good. So that's it. All right, thank, thank you, you, Dave and uh, Kim. And now I open it for anybody because whoever wants to stay and ask any specific question to anybody, I think Cecil is still here, right, Cecil? Yes, I see Cecil. I see all the speakers still there. Um, anybody who wants to take up a question, please do so at this point. Um, we did rush a little bit with Cecil. Cecil had a lot of uh, information. I think Nami wanted to ask a question. Nami, go ahead. You have to unmute first. Hi. First of all, thank you so much. This has been a great presentation for by all the speakers. I just feel like um, some of them were rushed um, and we, we could have spent a little bit more time. But anyway, my question at this point is actually to for the long-term care. Um, and the question is, uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, let me try to phrase it, the reliability of being able to get the care. In other words, by the time you need the care, uh, after you've paid all the premiums, whether it's the traditional long-term care or hybrid or whatever, when it is time to get the care, um, will there be ifs, thens, and buts? Uh, is, is there some kind of standing on these firms, whether it's Genworth or, or John Hancock or whoever, I would like to have some idea of, of uh, the rating of these companies and, and from the experts on this panel, what your views are on that. Yes. So um, the, with regard to the ratings, um, all the carriers that we use in, in, in providing the choices are very highly rated. They're A-rated uh, carriers, okay? Um, in terms of the point in time when you're going to turn your benefits on, if you're certified by a licensed uh, healthcare practitioner that you need substantial assistance with two of the six activities of daily living, that triggers your benefit. So it's not the insurance company that's saying, well, we're not sure. It's a, it's a third-party person 
a practitioner that says you uh, have uh, issues with the activities of daily living or you're certified to, to be cognitively impaired. And that is your golden ticket to begin turning on uh, your benefits. Now, here's another kind of nice thing. Uh, a lot of these insurance companies have what they call claims concierge, which means at the time you get to that point where you're going to go on claim, those insurance companies actually have concierge services to help you find the care that uh, will be uh, provided to you, whether you want care at home or if you want to find an appropriate facility, uh, they have concierge uh, services in order to direct you um, to that care. Does that answer the question? Yes, thank you very much. Because I, I, just to finish up on that, because I just feel like just using the analogy from other insurance things, like when you run into some problems with your car, and you know the the motivation of an insurance company is to push back, you know, not give you whatever because they're running a business there. So my thing is, by the time you're so frail and you need that, unless you have an advocate for your own self, a member of your family or somebody to make sure that you don't, you know, after paying the premium all those years, and then you run into a situation where you feel like you are left in the, the short end of the stick. Yes. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. No, understood. And, and that's why it's, it's critical to have that third party that makes that determination. Thank you. Cecil, um, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I want to find out uh, now we have only about another four weeks, three weeks, uh, four weeks left for the uh, end of the year. Any tax tips um, for uh, our audience uh, before uh, the year end? Something we should be doing, uh, especially now that the new democratic administration is coming. So anything would you be done at this time? Like I suggested, there won't be any tax law changes this year because, you know, Congress is not even there. Uh, they have too many things on their plate. So we have something called extenders. So they just extend the tax law. Uh, there's a budget coming up in another week. But I don't believe there's significant changes. But I mentioned the, the three important tips, right? So retirement planning, that can stash away a lot of money. Expedite expenses. So pay all your bills now give to charity, expedite your expenses and defer income. So if someone gives you a check in the last week of uh, December, don't cast the check, you know, push it into Jan, you know. So anything you can defer income and accelerate expenses, it reduces your taxable income, right? Very important. So third is equipment, you know, you can buy a nice car and uh, government subsidizes that too. So, we, but it should be used in a business. Okay, I'm gonna be honest here. Uh, so there's a big deduction because this tax law changed it tremendously from 10,000, 16,000, 9,000. So those tax depreciations are huge, you know, uh, especially for smaller players, uh, you know. And finally, PPP, you know, most of the people I know in our, our practice, all the businesses, they are taking PPP loans. So you better execute before the rush comes in. And then uh, I don't know who will be left holding the can, like the musical chairs of the olden day games that we played. Right, so you want to make sure you you send in your your request, and that's if you need it. Now, if you don't, you can also defer what I call and make it a loan. Right, it's a one percent loan payable in twenty one and twenty two. And the last one, there's in the CARES Act is a lot of fine print 
So you could actually defer all your payroll taxes. So you don't have to pay payroll taxes this year. You can defer it to 21 and 22. But this is, I think the biggest challenge people will face is cash flow. Uh, to me as an accountant, advisor, tax person, it's cash flow, cash flow, and cash flow. And I think businesses have been killed with cash flow because when you don't have revenue, right, everything collapses, right? So I, I really think I told them hold on to cash flow. So uh, if you can defer taxes, great, right? Uh, anything you can do to preserve cash. You know, now if the second stimulus comes out, I don't know. I think there's a strong possibility it will, will come out. Uh, but I think very proactive planning right now in this last month would be very advantageous. So for all our clients, we've done a planning session, all. And we actually have, I call it a soft landing. You never want to land the plane too hard. So don't come to me in April. I can't do anything, right? You start right now in December. You should know what your taxable income is right now, right? I mean, say all of my clients know because we keep their books current. So they know what it is. And all our high, high network clients, uh, huge. We set up defined benefit plan uh, with uh, our friend here, Markov's firm. I'll give you one quick example. A guy, he did some major work for Uber Eats, uh, made $2 million this year, transforming their whole environment, their e-commerce site. $2 million, no expenses, right? I mean, the first thing I did is turn to Michael's firm, Michael Markov, and we are setting our plan for it. I mean, this is absolutely, he's going to save four to $500,000 in taxes, right? I mean, I was there for him. Now, there's no point talking to him in Jan and Feb, but they did, uh, Andy did say you can extend the plan all the way till September now, and Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. But that is tax planning to its core. Right, uh, though you don't want a postmortem. Mm -hmm. April is all postmortem, but but uh, Andy, am I correct on that? You yes, could still yeah. open a plan as late as yes, September. Correct. correct. You have until of the CARES Act. Day. Correct. Uh, uh, Secure Act. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, so sorry, last, I, any last more? Uh, last? Yeah, I have one quick question actually, Doctor uh, um, like for Cecil actually. So like this year, like a lot of gains for the stocks and all that. So I didn't realize that they'll have gains. So is it too late to apply for the progressive tax, or can we do it in January? I know that September date is already gone. Or is there any limit that uh, if we are gaining capital gain is more than a certain limit, we should apply for the progressive tax? I didn't. I didn't follow the progressive tax. So the, you have a capital gain. You, yes, you pay, yes. Okay. So yes. you don't know what to do with the capital gain. Is that what you're saying? So like when you have a capital gain, like last yes. year, what happened? Like I didn't. Uh, like during the year, I did not uh, file for the tax like uh, every quarter, and then uh, I filed the tax uh, at the end of the year, like in April, and then uh, they said they penalized me actually. Okay, because. Yes. Okay, so you have to pay equal installments. So you have to pay in four quarters. So if you know you have a capital gains, you pay the tax now. So four quarterly installments, April, June, September, and Jan. There's no way around that. Now, let me give you a suggestion. You can invest the capital gains in what is called an opportunity zone. And you'll be tax-free for 10 years. You can just, but you cannot withdraw that money for 10 years. Right. Opportunity zones are underprivileged areas. Very good tax deduction. So you have a capital gains, 100,000, 200,000, whatever, you put in an opportunity zone and it's tax-free, but you have to keep that money for 10 years. 
no income there in india no income here but now looks like uh, the property is worth like 1 crore rupees so i was wondering how to sell that and how to get that money here because we don't want to spend that money uh, or uh, in you know buy another property within 2 years 3 years uh, that uh, professor sirsin is aware you know aware of those those very, very simple very simple sell the property first you'll have to file an indian tax return okay that's a, a mandatory uh, so once you file the indian return uh, they will impound 20% tax on the capital gains correct and then once you finish that then you go approach the fbi to uh, sorry the reserve bank or rbi you get a special permission your ca in india has to sign up on that and then they'll allow you to repatriate 1 million dollars of uh, of the sale proceeds okay but there's no double tax because whatever the tax that the rate is the same 20% there and 20% here so just sell the property we've done more than at least 100 of these minimum i was going so, to some some video on the internet today and i was under the impression that uh, what you said that it's uh, 20% of the capital gains yes uh, the gentleman this ca in india says it's not 20% of the capital gains but it is 20% of the total receipt let's say it's a 1 crore property it's a 20% state no 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 it's wrong it is they impound the money but they get it back oh. okay there's some special rules the reason being they don't know you're non resident right you might not come back to to pay the tax right so it's like the us they impound the tax but when you file the return they'll return it to you yeah okay? that's in india but here yeah, in yeah. america my my status and my wife's status is we are not uh, the citizen here we are not the resident here we are still on g4 visa by the way uh, only two people are here who are on g4 visa uh, harbhajan singh ji here very good friend of mine uh, i don't know his status but we both work for un so i work for united nations like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store oh totally different yeah <laughs> it's a bit different Uh, it is totally different, income. but I would say call me separately. The the calculation is twenty five percent of gross income. I know, uh, you know, I know Sushi Thoor. I know quite a few people who worked at the UN. Their whole taxation is different there. Okay, but we will deal with that separately. But as far as India goes, I would sell it and uh, file the Indian tax return, and we'll take it from there, one thing at a time. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you very sure. much. Thank you, everyone. Any anybody else have any question? Otherwise, we will uh, wrap up this. It was a very good, excellent session. Thank you for yeah. all the speakers. Thomas, time. Thomas, What? I have a question yes, uh, for please. Cecil. Hi, Cecil. This is Munjal. Yeah, Munjal. How are you? Good. Okay. 
Uh, I have a question like Biden uh, is trying to increase the capital gains tax from 20 to 28%. So is it better to expedite that gain this year and pay the gains tax based on 20% rather than waiting for next year? Absolutely. Munja, but I have no idea. I don't believe it will go to 28. That is my honest opinion. The reason being, as long as Senate Republicans are involved, now if they are 50-50 split, our bets are off. I'm being honest with you. Okay, but I doubt that it's a tough call for, to raise from 21 to from 20 to 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I could see a compromise 25, uh, and that only applies to people above 400,000. Also, it doesn't apply. It's zero, 15, and 20, uh, so, and then the 3.8 percent surcharge. So I don't see it coming in 20, in 21, uh, 22 possibility. But that's another election year. So. I, I see it as proposal. I feel execution will be lag behind. But just like uh, Michael said, right, the, the the estate to drop the estate tax to the to the exemption limits to drop it to five million. Uh, no one has a crystal ball. But I think if your uh, your asset, I would ask a slightly change the question. If your property is right for sale, then go ahead and do it. Like the gentleman before, right? If you're ready to sell it, then let's close it out and take the 20% and move on in life, right? Why would you hold it on till the rate becomes 28? So you're right on money. If I were, the, I, I call it, is that the best price you can obtain? Uh, you know, and so the tax piece is one piece, but the question is, right? I would really get on, hey, is this property right for sale? And can I close it up? Let's go do it, finish it off. How about the stocks? Uh, if you have a gain in that, maybe you should take it or or let it ride it. Like this Sochcast? Tune in for more with the Sochcast app from the Google Play Store. Yeah, same thing, same thing. Because I doubt the twenty-eight percent. My gut is, I don't believe twenty-eight percent would pass, uh, but I think the other side would pass. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call the increase in, uh, you know, above 400,000 is a target that I know for sure. Yeah. So I have a feeling above 400, the rate will go from 36.9 to 30, uh, 39, uh, sorry, from 37 to 39.6. That I have a very good probability that that rate is going to go up for people above. And I think the second important related to that is social security is going to go up for those people and Medicare. Right now, they don't pay anything you know, once you cross the social security limits. Uh, but I think there's a lot of challenges. So you have a whole year to digest it, I think 2021. And like Michael and all of us speakers have said, no one has a crystal ball. No one can predict tax law that easily. Uh, and I'm the closest to, re- I read all these proposals, right? Because I'm on the International Tax Policy Committee. We read this very closely, you know. Uh, so I, I, I doubt uh, any movement on this this front, at least for the next year. We have a day-to-day tax-related. We invited Sisil Nazrat. If you have any questions, please contact Sisil Nazrat, even personally, or you can contact me or Thomas, who can connect you to Sisil. And if you have anything like in a will and a trust kind of a stuff, you still have any questions, you still did not understand, or you don't have a will and trust, I would recommend contact Michael and Andrew and either to, through traumas or through me. So we will connect you to them. And the same thing, like, and if you have some stocks and all these kind of a stuff where you have investments and 
you don't know what you are going to do with the uh, long term plans or anything so connect to shiva bashim uh, who is your wealth management he can connect he can guide you through what you have to do and the same thing on the long term plan the uh, we have a great speakers like david and kim who can connect you through that so it is a i i see that this this particular webinar is like in a full life cycle from day to day till the end of your life like it doesn't matter whether you live for 70 years or 100 years so there is a long term care plan also here so thank you all the speakers thomas on to you thank you prasad for summarizing all of it i really thank all of you for attending and uh, i thank uh, the speakers for their time and uh, we'll see again thank you आशा करते हैं कि आपको ये सोच कास्ट बहुत पसंद आया अगर कुछ कहना है इसके बारे में तो लिखकर बताइए हमें अपने फेसबुक और इंस्टाग्राम पेज पर सोच कास्ट ढूंढिए अगर आपको अपनी सोच दुनिया को सुनानी हो तो सोच कास्ट करो सोच कास्ट